Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. magic is like if goop were fun it's like you don't have to go find your path you just have to relax and let your path find you time isn't real math isn't real if you focus on magic you will create magic that's like a 100 john stamos guarantee hi everybody welcome to supervisual magic the most magical place on the planet I am your host, Megan Granger, and as always, joined by producer Crystal Chris. Hey, hey. Did I start speaking on that way too soon? No, it was perfect. I felt like I was yelling over it. I liked it. Okay. I hope people could understand what I was saying. I was just welcoming you if you couldn't. We'll just edit that out. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This is official. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, today's guest amazing it's lisa sunstead you know her from watching comedy shows you came and saw her i think at the laugh factory mm-hmm. she's a bipolar comedian who's really you have to follow her on instagram it's at pretty funny women she's just promoting the shit out of females in comedy it's amazing she's who taught me how yeah. to do stand-up it, it's so fucking cool she's going to this absolutely amazing um trauma therapist damn yeah and so she's like giving us kind of some free takeaways because she's having a lot of breakthroughs with her manifestations and Um, her her vibe her energy her synchronicities some mm, might say so that happens i know so i was like lisa come come give us all the the juice Juice. so she does (laughs) (laughs) juice juice i'm your hype man juice (laughs) sponsored by juice I'm like, Chris, we're definitely not sponsored. (laughs) By orange juice and possibly apple juice at this point. We're not sure. (laughs) All of orange juice is sponsoring Superficial Magic. Okay. So go to superficialmagic.com. Grab a Vibe Higher Bitch t-shirt if you Mm. want to. Go leave five stars on iTunes. Like, you know what? You have to. You have to. Yeah. Listen, you guys, Juice is giving us a lot of money, but there's still more I want. So if you could go grab a Vibe Hire shirt, that'd be great. I love that. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, you know, follow me at Megan Granger and join the Facebook group, Superficial Magic Vibrators. Bye. much for being here we have a lot to talk about first i think we're gonna start off with some of your trauma work that you've been doing because you've made huge strides Um, leaps and bounds in a very short time yeah how long do you think it's been well i started with my particular trauma therapist who does somatic experiencing emdr talk therapy cognitive Mm -hmm. behavioral therapy um i started with her probably last year but had five sessions with her five or six and then she gave me all these great tools and then I didn't need any more sessions or so I thought (laughs) 
<laughs> Your trauma's like, JK, still here. Surprise. Yes, so I'm back. Maybe you can give us some cheats of what she's taught you. Obviously, most of us should probably be in therapy for real, but I would love to know what you're learning from this woman that's made everything so different. Okay. Well, let's see. First of all, she speaks my language. I'm very into the law of attraction. I'm very mm-hmm. into manifesting. I'm very into Dr. Joe Dispenza and uh, <laughs> consciousness. I don't know if you've ever heard of these people, Megan. <laughs> Yep, they're basically my porn hub. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep, I definitely have. Yeah, so I love her so much um, because we speak the same language. So it's like shorthand, it's easy. And she's also very educated about a lot of different things for trauma. And she knows what each, in, she's very intuitive and she knows what each individual person needs. For oh. example, I am bipolar. Mm-hmm. Or so people think. <laughs> yep. Right? But there's this fabulous documentary on Gaia TV called Crazy Wise, W-I-S-E, Crazy Wise. I like the sound of this. It's the best documentary I've ever seen. It's about trauma and how it presents in people. OCD, ADD, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder. And um, so basically, in a nutshell, in the United States, when someone comes to a to a doctor, a Western doctor, psychiatrist with a problem, uh, they just slap them with medication and send them on their way. They don't even really interview you. They don't know much about you. Sometimes I've had multiple psychiatrists who don't even remember my name. And I'm like, okay, never mind. Oh, Lord. I'm on the clock yeah. and paying you $300 an hour is what I'm on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but the documentary, people who have bipolar disorder or schizophrenia um, in indigenous countries, they're actually not medicated and they are revered. They're as like the shamans, correct? They're shamans and they're like healers. And so the people mm-hmm. respect mm-hmm. them and learn from them and study them. Wow. So so they've they've done a lot of research in it and all the best doc, Dr. Ga, Gaba, Gabby, Gab, I can't remember his name. Gabor, Gabor Mate. Ooh, he, he sounds hot. Um <laughs> I, I don't know about that, but he is definitely very educated about trauma. And yeah. that's one of my therapist's favorite people. She sends me links of him. And um, so he talks about trauma in crazy wise, along with a mm-hmm. lot of other doctors, psychiatrists. And it's a really great informative documentary if you have anybody in your family with mental illness of any kind. So I would recommend mm-hmm. that. But- I mean, I have somebody in my brain with mental illness. <laughs> <laughs> it me. <laughs> so, so for me, as a child, what I'm learning in therapy is that as a child, for example, I'll give you an example. When I was seven, eight, nine, or just learning how to read, I don't know what age that is, um, third grade maybe or something. When do you start reading? You would know that. Um, yeah, third, second, first, second, third, you know. Okay, you start, so was, you start in first. You start with little books. Okay, Mom, Matt, Sally, kind of shit. I would say it was second grade. And okay. So we got to go to the library and pick out books. And the only books I wanted were books on ghosts. Um, and mm. not not children's books on ghosts, adult books on ghosts and ghosts, ghost stories. Ooh. So I got this book. It's called Haunted Houses. And it was terrifying. The cover was terrifying. It was an apparition <laughs> standing on a spiral 
staircase. And I was what? Ooh. You know, in second grade or whatever you call it. And and then I was learning about and obsessing over ESP, how to move objects with your mind and how to connect with something greater than myself at, at that age. Now, a, a good parent, I think, would come in the room and go, you got a book on ghosts? How interesting. Well, why do you like that so much? Tell me more. That's what a right. good mom does, right? Notices. Mm -hmm. Notices what their child is up to in their room when they're by themselves. Right. Well, I had two parents who had me at a very young age. My mom was 19 when she got pregnant with me. My dad was like 22. They were Catholic. She got pregnant before she was married. They got into a rush mm. marriage. My father was angry. My mother was scared of him. So she was preoccupied with him. And no, neither one of them ever noticed. They knew I was oh, a smart, yeah. good kid. And I was self-sufficient. And they just left me alone. And mm -hmm. like, I never got questions once. Cut to now at 53 years old, I'm very psychic, very psychic. Mm -hmm. You and, are, yeah. Yeah, and intuitive, and I am clairsentient, clairaudient, and now clairvoyant because I, I saw Ooh. something. I saw something recently. What What did you see? Um, okay, so I was sitting across from my Reiki healer, and she is amazing. And she was sitting in front of the door to my laundry room. And we were outside on the patio. I'm smoking a clove. She's just talking. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, after I had a Reiki healing, I'm smoking. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, obviously, I'm not perfect. I have a lot of issues. Okay, so then she's talking and talking and saying something really interesting. And the doorknob that was behind her head projected through her head. This like blocking it out? Blocking her face. And I was like, um, I'm sorry. I don't know what's happening right now, but I, the doorknob's really bothering me. And she goes, what doorknob? And I go, the doorknob right floating in front of your, you can't see the doorknob? And she goes, no, I don't uh... see anything. But she didn't think it was weird. She goes, I don't right. see it. And I go, well, I'm seeing it and I don't know what it means. She goes, it probably means there's a door you have to walk through. And I said, oh, oh God, that's so obvious. Yeah. Right. And then so I thought about it for one quick second. I kind of connected to source and I was like what could that door be and all of a sudden it came to me in a flash and I needed to call my cousin so I said, I said I'm so sorry but you, you, can you go <laughs> <laughs> she was like okay no problem I said I gotta make a phone call and I gotta do it now you're just smoking get the fuck out okay yep so she leaves and I pick up the phone and I call my cousin who I haven't talked to since my mother died. Um, she died April 23rd this year, 2020, of COVID because she was in a nursing home for Alzheimer's for five years. And yep. it was very traumatic. Obviously, there's a trauma right there. COVID's a trauma. Yep. Being in quarantine is a trauma, but a traumatic, more traumatic for me than anything, um, or so I thought, was my mother getting Alzheimer's and slipping away every day. A little by little. Oh, it's so, it was so hard for you. I watched you experience that and it was just heartbreaking. It's, it's heartbreaking. They call it the long goodbye and it's really, really sad because they're just yeah. not there anymore and you can't have a conversation like you're, you and I are having and it's yeah. really yeah. sad. Um, but when she died, mm -hmm. it happened within two days. She got COVID, two days later gone and I was relieved because she was no longer yeah. suffering. But anyway, so I call my cousin, right? And he picks up the phone and he's like, well, hi, 
what's going on? And I said, well, uh, I just need to talk to you. And he goes, okay, well, it's a good time to talk because I'm on a road trip with my kids. We're all in the car. You're on speakerphone. And I was like, oh, I knew it would be a good time to talk. (laughs) I knew that in my head. I knew like this was the perfect time. You're like, yeah, yeah. The doorknob told me this was the perfect time. (laughs) So I I start pitching him a TV show. Now he is a two-time Pulitzer Prize winning political cartoonist. Amazing. Uh, Right. So I have an idea. I had an idea for a show, which I'm not going to go into, but, and I pitched him the idea and we started brainstorming in the car with his kids in the back seat because I pitched him an animated show because he writes animated children's books. So we, we developed this show together and now we are making it. That's insane, Lisa. Isn't it? That's crazy. Yes. That's so amazing. I that's know. awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so anyway, I think what I missed in my childhood uh, repeatedly day after day after day, my entire childhood was anybody noticing anything that I was up to ever, mm. ever, ever, yeah. ever. Not yeah. one day in my life, not one parent. My father was abusive in wow. me. So my pa- my father was critical, mean, scary, and controlling, and oftentimes abusive, would spank us, would sometimes hit my mom. And my mom Aww. was so checked out, so checked out because she was probably terrified of my dad. But my trauma therapist explained to me that they did this study. They took babies and they sat them across from them from their mother. And they told the mother to just make a straight face and have no expression and look at the baby in the eyes. And the baby Mm. um, starts trying to get the mother to engage Mm -hmm. instinctively. The baby starts looking in her eyes. The baby starts like, like smiling or crying and trying something. And the mother just sits there. Oh, that's so creepy. Yeah. And then the baby gets worked up and starts crying. And then if the mother doesn't notice still, or if the mother's impatient, you know, and like, fuck, damn it. Or you have a critical father who's like, shut that baby up. That's trauma. Yep. You know what I did read? That that Botox is causing that in a lot of moms. They're saying it's causing trauma in babies because their moms have no expression on their face. Wow. I am Mm -hmm. so glad I don't have kids. (laughs) because i do have a lot of botox oh my yeah isn't that so powerful but it didn't it took me many years in my 50s which is the best decade of my life by the way it's really good to know 20s terrible 20s are a mess 30s were kind of tough too because then all of a sudden you have the pressure of i need a kid i need to have a baby shit i'm getting old fuck time's running out so yeah. 30s were angst-ridden as well. 40s, you kind of accept the fact that you either have a child or you don't. You're kind yeah. of learning about yourself and you're growing. But 50s is when you're celebrating and thriving. So for many years, I was in survival mode, and now I'm in thriving. Yeah. Ooh, I love that. I love that. So that's kind of what the trauma therapy probably allowed you to do, too, because it doesn't really matter what the circumstances are in your life if you mentally are shut down, you can't thrive, even if you're safe. 
no, you can't. And the amygdala, and my therapist explains all this stuff to me, the amygdala is the part of the brain that controls flight, fight, or freeze. And, mm. and as a child, being on guard, walking on eggshells around my father all the time, was like fight, flight, or freeze constantly, constantly on guard. You know, she explained to me that like when a deer is in the woods, right, an animal, and they're eating a leaf, and all of a sudden they hear what they think is a predator, their heart starts racing, their blood pressure goes up, and they get ready to run. But then when they realize, mm. oh, it's just a bug on the leaf, their whole nervous system relaxes, shuts down again, their blood pressure goes down, and they go back to eating. And they don't remember right. that they just had that experience. They live in the moment. But children right. store that in the body. Mm -hmm. It gets stored in your body, literally. That's why The Body Keeps the Score is such a good book, too. It's all about this stuff that we're talking about. So tension or trauma kind of get into our cells almost and affect how we feel, how we see the world, and every single aspect of our life, essentially. Every single aspect of your life. How you, how you respond. I thought trauma meant you were in a really bad car accident. Mm -hmm. or, or you mm -hmm. went to war and you experienced, but I literally have PTSD from my childhood. Mm -hmm. And when they did brain yeah. scans on war vets who went to Vietnam and actually lived it and brain scans on children who experienced early childhood developmental trauma, the brains look the same. That's fascinating. Right? What do you think the gift in it is? For me, the gift is it cracked me open and I'm realizing so many things about myself. I'm loving myself because I'm reparenting myself. Oh, so my that's a good one. Yeah, my therapist is teaching me how to be a good mommy to a little mm. girl that's mm -hmm. scared. Right. So she literally teaches me to go, okay, I want you to put your hand on your heart. And I want you to say to that little girl, what's going on? What's happening to you right now? What's happening in your body? And the little girls, most of the time, won't know. She goes, she's not going to know because mm -hmm. no, no one ever taught her that. No one ever asked. So you just have to be patient and sit there like a good mom would and say, tell me more. What's happening, honey? Where do you feel that? Why do you think your heart is racing? Tell me more. Well, I'm scared. And what's scaring you? I'm scared we're going to have a big earthquake. Okay, well, guess what? I'm here and I'm the mom and I'm not going to let that happen to you. I'm going to protect you. Mm. And if we have a big earthquake, you're okay. You, I got you. Yeah. And guess what? God's got us because I have a really big yeah. God in my life. And so this is the way I have to talk to myself on a daily basis all day long in my house. So I do seem crazy. Do you do it out loud? I do it out loud. Really? I have to. That's why I process it. Wow. I have to. Did she do EMDR with you? She did, but I didn't really like that. Huh. I didn't work what what was your favorite tool? My favorite tool is learning how to unpack your thoughts one at a time with the, the help of the good mom. And oh, yeah. So, and so the reparenting tool kind of just slowed down. Totally slowed down. And now I'm like a really good mom. And I'm learning really good boundaries. Ooh. That's probably the biggest thing I've gained from this trauma therapy is boundaries because I know how to separate my child, little girl, from my adult. And I'm like, okay, wait, am I the child right now running around in the world behaving like this? 
or am I the adult Lisa who knows knows better and is very intuitive and slightly psychic and can call people out on their shit. I'm mm. I'm the adult, so I'll take care of this situation. But when I want to be the little girl, I just put on my headphones and I listen to my favorite song, Summertime by Fresh Prince. <laughs> <laughs> so right now I have in front of me two sodas and a cup of coffee. That's mm. not good. But would that be considered not parenting yourself well? Like, is that something where I need to be like, hey, little girl, you know, you're probably anxious and you feel like you need a lot of energy and blah, 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 blah. But this is not good for you. We need to go journal or something. Yes, exactly, Megan. 100%. Okay. In a kind, compassionate, loving way. Not not saying um, anything mean ever. You would never talk to a little child mean. That's so interesting because I've actually, I don't know why I said journal because I've actually grounded myself from journaling. I'm no longer allowed to journal because it's one way that like my mean devious self gets loose and says really mean things to me in my journal. It says things, okay, so that's the little child having a temper tantrum. But what if like the journal's like, you are completely worthless. You will never change. You are such a piece of shit. Is that my little girl? That's your little girl getting angry at your adult mommy. Wow. That's your little girl going, wow. I hate you, mom. I hate you, mom. And what she really hates is your mom. <laughs> it's got a bad news for you, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. all of our anger with our mom is just kind of like incorporated into our self-dialogue? I think it is. And I think all the stuff we say is direct words that came from our parents. They were our models. They were our higher power. I will just say it's an interesting game the universe is playing because it seems to be just like, we're going to program you in a really fucked up way. And then your job, part of the fun is unwiring it. Rewiring. Rewiring it. Rewiring it. I love how Dr. Joe Dispenzia says, you know, you can visualize your brain rewiring. You can look at the amygdala, visualize that shutting down or getting bright or you know what I mean? You can actually affect your brain by thinking it. My brother healed his shoulder that had a, a torn rotator cuff. And they, and the doctor got an MRI and the doctor said, oh, you're going to need surgery. And he was like, I don't, I don't believe that because he loves Dr. Mm. Dispenza. So he started meditating and his arm started burning in meditation. It would hurt so bad, he said. Uh, my brother, I believe, is very psychic as well. When my brothers were really young and I was about, I would say I was 10 and they're twins. And they, so they were six. They were playing tetherball mm. in our backyard. And they both came running and screaming because they saw something. They saw an apparition. Whoa, that is so crazy. I cannot believe that your family had a tetherball court. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot to tell you the best part of the my haunted house boat ghost oh, books. Please do. So I put the book, I'm reading it. You know, it's time to take a nap. My mom's like, time for your nap. So I put the book on the shelf and I laid down and I start to doze off and the book flies off the shelf. Oh me, oh my. Flies off the shelf and lands in the middle of the room. Mm -mm -mm. I put it away. I took it back to the library and I never opened that door again because I got so scared. But today, today, not scared at all. You just have to open your mind up to access it. Mm -hmm. Everybody's psychic. 
everybody's psychic. Pe most people don't want it. Some people are shut down. Some people are too like in their trauma to even recognize it. But once you relieve yourself of trauma and get some of it out of your body, it opens you up and you have access. Right. I mean, I feel, I feel safe for maybe the first time in my life right now. And my ability to manifest things I actually want. I, I always was so good at manifesting every like thing I wanted lightly. I would think I want this and it would just immediately show up in my life. It was always really cool. But then the really big things I would get stuck on right now in my life. And there's still a lot of work to do. Things are actually happening that I've never experienced before. And it's, me too, me too. And I, I never it. thought would be, yeah. I never thought would be possible for me and, and ways I'm realizing I'm closed that I didn't even know. It's just a really cool experience. It's so fun to manifest and I manifest day on a daily basis. And the key to manifesting is slowing down. The slower you are, the faster you will manifest. Say more about that, Lisa. I am intrigued. Okay. So for example, if I'm in a rush and in, and in my head uh, to, to figure something out, um, I, I don't know what I want to manifest. I don't know what I yeah. want. Like I, it may come from ego, right? Yeah, yeah. And we can get what we, what we want because we have free will and we're very, very strong. The ego is very strong. The ego can tell you, you want to, you need recognition. Yes. But what does your heart actually want? If you think you want fame, you probably want money because you probably want security and you probably want security because you want to feel safe. Mm. So mm -hmm. all you need to do is ask the universe, help me find something today that's going to make me feel safe. Because you have to get in the feeling mode first before you can manifest. You know this, Megan. This makes sense, right? Yes, completely. So once I slow down, if I slow down, I get every single need met throughout the day. If I stay in the moment, the moment, the moment, the moment. Eckhart Tolle talks about this. I mean, so many people talk about this. It's moment to moment. It's not catastrophizing. It's not thinking about your future. It's having a vision for your future, a vision that comes mm -hmm. from your instincts and your heart and your soul. It's a calling. So you go, I know I'm here on this planet. One of my favorite um, affirmations is, I know who I am. I know why I'm here. I know what to do. Ooh. Have you noticed how to tell the difference between an ego desire and a heart desire? Totally, no. Pretty much. I catch it on a regular basis because I'm so tuned in now to my body. Right. I think I, I think I've found too that like if a desire is giving me a lot of anxiety or making me think, how do I get it? I'll plan it this way, this way, this way. It's from my ego. And then if something's just giving me a lot of love and peace, it's from my heart. That's yes, one way totally. I'm looking at things. That's, that's so yeah. great. Yeah, that's a good reminder. I love that. Yep. So you've kind of decided to change your platform a little bit more to talk about bipolar disorder, which I think is so awesome and so important. And not a lot of people know a lot about it. It's a very important thing to discuss. Okay. Yeah, for sure. So I've been studying bipolar disorder since I was first diagnosed, which was in 1996. Um, mm -hmm. I, it was, it was, uh, well, it's, it's a long story. I don't want to go into that, but I 
I've been studying it and reading books on it, and um, I'm very knowledgeable about uh, my my disorder because I always want to learn about myself and grow and expand because my ultimate goal on the planet is to realize my potential in every area of my life, to maximize, maximize my potential, to expand. Yes. So I study the stuff that I'm really interested in, which is spirituality, the 12 steps of, of, uh, of every, every 12 step program there is. And then I read books on bipolar and I read articles about it. I named my corporation in 2006, Hypomania Productions Incorporated, because the hypomanic mm. state of an episode is the sweet spot for any bipolar person. And that's where you, they want to live, right? Because it feels yep. so good. Bliss, euphoria, um, sensuality, um, heightened sense of awareness, really great ideas, functioning at a high capacity, um, creative, uh, able to get a lot done, able to multitask really well. Um, and it's, it's where I want to live. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But if it goes too far, then you go manic. So you have all these great ideas when you're hypomanic, right? You have all these great ideas, but you cannot execute them all at once. Nobody that I can think of could execute all their brilliant ideas at one time. Mm -hmm. Right. It's one at a time. Mm -hmm. So people who are in the hypomanic state getting ready to go into mania are really enthusiastic about all their ideas. And then they start staying up all night to try and execute them. And then they stop sleeping and they start talking faster and they don't need, they don't need sleep. They find sleep boring and like a waste of time. <laughs> so when you stop sleeping, you're in big trouble. Anyone would be in trouble when they don't sleep. Anyone. But somebody with yeah. bipolar disorder, forget about it. They're often running. They go psychotic. They hear voices. They get paranoid. They go into what's called rapid cycling. At least I did when I was manic. I, I, my first major manic episode, I was rapid cycling. The psychiatrist told, told me, you're rapid cycling. This is the hardest form of mental illness to treat. And I said, wow. wow. He said, because your moods are swinging from one extreme to the other within minutes. And they wow. were, amazing. they were, I would be in, I was in Boston market. <laughs> oh my God. Boston market. With my boyfriend at the time stand and the line was too long. As far as I was concerned, too long. <laughs> everybody, everybody was moving way too slow. <laughs> I literally yelled in the middle of Boston market. Hey, what's happening? <laughs> what are you guys doing behind the counter? <laughs> Can't you see all of us? My boyfriend goes, okay, okay, we're going to leave. We're going to leave. So he escorts me down the street. And I was like, what the fuck is with those people? So then I go from, hey, you know, to fucking assholes. And I'm like, mm. stupid people. And he's like, okay, okay, calm down, calm down. Then a homeless guy in a wheelchair with no legs rolled past us. And I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Why does he have to live like that? And I started crying and I fell on the ground because I was so sad for him. And my boyfriend oh, was, why no. do you have to live like this? And he picked me up and he brought me home and he got me help. What does it feel like to go through moods that quickly? It's so, you're so out of control and you don't even know what's happening. Wow. You don't know what's wow. happening because you feel, it feels so real. It feels so real. Yeah. I came home. Yeah. 
one day and I lived alone. Imagine living alone. That was a boyfriend that an ex-boyfriend that tried to help me, but I, I, I got too difficult. So he gave up and my mother was never there mm-hmm. anyway. So she didn't come help me. Nobody helped me. There was a package on my doorstep, you know, like a UPS package. I wouldn't open it. I thought it was a bomb. Oh, that's wow. how paranoid. Wow. Well, it's so cool that you had these experiences because I think you're the perfect spokesperson to kind of talk through how you treated it because you have treated it. When's the last time you had an episode? Um, The last time I had a major manic episode was probably 10 years ago. 10 years ago. That's incredible, Lisa. Thank you. It was because I went off my meds for eight months because I was trying to get pregnant. And I didn't do it under doctor's supervision. I just Mm -hmm. went off them. And then I had a miscarriage. And then imagine, imagine like all the hormones that go along with a miscarriage and the the fear of being 43 and like, that's my last chance. And then, Mm. you know, I mean, all the mixed up stuff would make anybody go crazy. Right. And then I, yeah, of course. And then I sunk into the deepest, darkest depression I'd ever been in, in my life. And I was sober. This was all in sobriety. And, um, I, I called Glendale Adventist hospital in, in Glendale, the, and, um, and I got myself checked into an intensive outpatient program for eight Nice months. thinking. IOP, it's called. Yeah. And I went in there and they took care of me. They pick you up in a van in the morning. So you don't even have wow. to drive. I mean, you have been taking really good care of yourself for a long time. That's a good mom right there to yourself, you know? Well, thank you so much. I just, I'm really interested in this. And I'm really interested in helping others figure it I out. I think you I think you really are. And I think the impact of it is going to be huge the further you go. And I know you um, have an appointment with your trauma therapist coming up today. So is there anything else you want to say? I know you wanted to talk a little bit about how bipolar disorder relates to art. Creative people tend to be... Polar, a lot of like really like the the people throughout history, if you go back, who were super creative and artists and and painters and sculptors and and presidents and um, Wall Street wizards, a lot of them were bipolar and they were in hypomanic states. And then some of them went over the edge, right, and cut their ears off or stuck their head in an oven or right. put rocks in their dresses and just walked into the river and died. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And there was no help. Does anybody just live their whole life in a hypomanic state and never go full manic and never really know that they're that that's happening? And they just think, wow, I I am right now. Yeah. So even while you're on the medication, you can still be hypomanic. Oh, my God. Yeah, totally. The more interesting if I'm of service to people all day long, if I come from a place of how can I serve? How can I help? Who can I help? Who needs me? I get tons and tons of energy from that. Wow. Lots of energy. And then I I get a lot of mental clarity when I'm here to serve rather than here to take or get. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's an important one. Yeah. Then when I serve and and I'm there to be emotionally available to people, that's when I'm at my height of manifesting. Yeah. Mm, I love it. I love it, Lisa. By the way, everybody, I am not a doctor by any stretch of the imagination, but I do know that for me, I need medication. I need good sleep. I need a lot of water. I need to eat really good food. I need to nourish my body. 
I need to see a psychiatrist regularly. I need to be in therapy and I need to be sober. That's how I manage my Wow. For me. Well, it's a really beautiful life that you are enjoying very fully. And I'm having so much deja vu right now. It's really weird. I think we've definitely done this before. And I can't wait for your message to reach as many people as it can. I hope so too, Megan. And where can we find you on Instagram, Lisa? At Pretty Funny Women. P-R-E-T-T-Y-F-U-N-N-Y-W-O-M-E-N. Yeah. Okay. Well, follow Lisa. Give her some love. And we will talk to you soon, Lisa. We want a part two. All right. Thank you, Megan. You got you got it anytime. Love you. Love you All too. Right. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.